Hello, and welcome to the Real Estate Investors Lounge. Join us as we cover a multitude of real estate-related topics with some of the brightest and most experienced minds in the industry. Our goal with The Real Podcast is to provide information, strategies, and insight on how to navigate the current and upcoming Canadian market. We use the experiences, knowledge, and the expertise of our guests and professionals in the field and offer it all back to you, the listener. We hope you enjoy the show. Be sure to check out our website at www.reilounge.ca. We're your hosts, Brian Fitzgerald, Erica Spencer, and Jay Shaw. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of the Real Estate Investors Lounge. My name, again, is Brian Fitzgerald. I'm here with my handsome co-host, Jay Shaw, and Erica. Are you flirting with me already? Uh, we just started. I know. Better earlier than never, right? <laughs> and uh, our, our our other co-host, Erica Spencer, who has sent me yet another postcard um, stating why she can't be here. She said she was randomly selected to be on a panel of judges for a new pilot show called why doesn't plaid work well with stripes? Apparently, it's a Scottish show based in Rochester, New York. I don't really know, but she just sends her love to Jay. But anyways, more importantly, on today's podcast, we've got a fifth-generation St. Catharines native, Mike Britton. Did I say Britton right? It's Britton, right? You did. Awesome. Yep. Awesome. And the reason we want to have Mike on the podcast is twofold. Mike is not only a native to St. Catharines, but also a member but also a member of St. Catharines City Council and was actually elected as the youngest city councillor in St. Catharines history. His goal was to provide a voice to the younger generations of St. Catharines and help build the city to its fullest potential. As many of the listeners know, myself, Jay and Erica invest a great deal in the city of St. Catharines, both in our own real estate investments as well as those for our clients. By now, you're probably wondering why Mike Britton, city councillor, has to do with all of this. Well, about a month ago or so, I noticed a post online commending Mike on a fantastic job. Mike Britton and his band of merry men and women fought down a motion to impose a bylaw to license rental housing in the city of St. Catharines. So as you can imagine, that makes a big difference for people like myself, Jay, Erica, and the clients we work with. But before we go any deeper into the topic of Mike, let's get him on the phone. And, and Mike, why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself? I'm hoping I didn't steal too much of the info there and leave you hanging. So just tell us a little bit about yourself and uh, where or what you've come from and where you're going. Yeah, for sure. Well, first off, thanks for having me on the show. It's a, it's a pleasure to be on the podcast here tonight. Um, you did uh, steal a little bit of my thunder. I'm a St. Catherine's fifth-generation resident. Uh, that's where it goes back to my great-grandparents uh, all the way to my generation have lived in actually the same two houses uh, on Carlton Street in St. Catherine. So we've been here a while. Um, I was elected the youngest St. Catherine City Councillor, and before that I went. I did leave St. Catherine's for a bit to go to Western uh, University in London, where I received a uh, degree in medical science and also a degree in classical studies. Bit of an odd combination there, but uh, somehow I wound up in politics, and here I am. In addition to uh, city council, I, I'm also a, a local property manager. I look after a few units, um, which is also one of the reasons why I got so into this rental housing bylaw that you alluded to earlier. Right. So that's cool. me in a nutshell. Very cool. So what is it that you love about St. Catharines and the Niagara area specifically? Well, uh, St. Catharines is my home, so I might be a little bit biased, but... Uh, 
you know, it's, I, it's actually since I've gone on council that I've noticed just how many things are going on and, and how vibrant our city truly is. Um, the area I represent, uh, it's an area called St. George's Ward, a council, and, and includes the Facer Street area. Uh, for those who don't know about uh, Facer Street, it's it's like our little our little Europe, if you will, um, in St. Catharines. It's uh, the old foreign quarter. A lot of the immigrants from uh, Italy and Poland and uh, um, Ukraine came here back in the early 1900s and and uh, it's got such a rich history so it's something we've uh, promoted which is a, a fun part of St. Catharines. Uh, if we expand it to Niagara of course uh, I'm a hiker so I love uh, our own provincial park Short Hills, uh, Morningstar Mill uh, which is run by the city. Um, there's lots of great uh, trails throughout Niagara so that's a wonderful thing and and if you just want to have a fun day being a tourist of course we're not too far from the falls and uh, seeing one of the great uh, wonders of the world right here in our own backyard. So, yeah, we, we really have it all in, in St. Catharines and in Niagara, and uh, I'm I'm happy to uh, have been born here and to still call it my home. Very cool. So you t- you did touch upon property management, um, and that's um, something that you're involved with. But other than that, like, what's your involvement when it comes to the real estate investing? And, and the reason I ask that is because obviously we'll get to that motion that was uh, put down, but your involvement when it comes to property management and real estate investing, like, can you uh, elaborate on that a little bit for us? Sure. So uh, the real estate market and uh, obviously the housing, uh, the value of housing affects the city um, quite, quite heavily as far as uh, property assessments. It changes our tax base. It, um, when it goes up, uh, it's good for our our residents, but we also have to deal with, um, when rising property values force others out of neighborhoods and uh, it creates issues as far as uh, poverty issues. So um, it's a twofold thing. We like to see rising property values, but we also have to mitigate uh, some of the, the negative impacts of that at the same time. Uh, so from a real estate perspective, uh, yeah, I try and keep my, my uh, ear to the ground and, and talk to a number of real estate people and, uh, and just hear where the market's going and, and what's going on as much as possible. Um, from a from a property management perspective, um, the, the nice thing about that is I know the, the trials and uh, the tribulations that go along with with dealing with the Landlord Tenant Act. Um, just tonight, actually, I was at an event and someone came up to me and was talking to me about the, the rental housing bylaw and, and how difficult it it's been uh, to deal with the Landlord Tenant Act and and how that would have just would have just killed her. She had one home that was her uh, retirement plan. You know, her husband uh, and her own a store, and when they retired, they had bought a, a rental property um, as an income for, for their retirement once they, they uh, retired from the store. So um, she said if that rental licensing got in, it just would have would have uh, crippled her, her retirement income. So um, she was uh, telling me about how she'd gone through the, the uh, eviction process, and it, take, it took months and months, and she was down uh, uh, up to $5,000 and, and uh, from that process. And I definitely feel that because I just went through the same thing uh, twice in the last three months. So um, from, a, from a difficulty perspective, I, I definitely know where it comes from. And from a city perspective, uh, I, I said I like to see where that goes from a tax base perspective. So, Mike, as a you know, as a property manager in, in your day job, what challenges? What are some of the challenges that you uh, you face? Well, uh, one of the things I just mentioned about uh, dealing with with um, evictions, actually, uh, and just how 
biased the system is towards the tenant and uh, how long it takes. Usually, um, I, I was just on the wait for uh, a sheriff um, a sheriff uh, to come, and it, it took me over four weeks to, to get him down to a property in Fort Erie. So um, that four weeks, obviously, we're losing rent money. We're losing... Um, uh, we're, we're obviously have to fix it up once the, the eviction happens. And so uh, that's one of the big challenges for property management is just getting the eviction uh, done uh, done right. Um, something I haven't had to deal with personally, but uh, that, that I hear from residents, though, um, in the world and places with the, the rental housing bylaw is that fire um, plan, the parking plan, and all the red tape and paperwork that uh, goes along with it. And uh, luckily, I haven't had to deal with that, but um, it definitely is something I hear are challenges from uh, from a property management perspective. Right. You know, I definitely could see that. Um, now, from your perspective, is investing something you see yourself looking at doing in the future? I mean, given your you know, background in uh, as a city councillor and as a property manager, is that something that you see yourself getting involved in uh, down the road? Yeah, you know what? It was uh, it was something I was definitely looking at. Uh, I have some money uh, stored away, and I was saying to my one friend who uh, he's he's his whole investment strategy is kind of buying a new home every few years and then um, paying it off and buying the next one and, and paying it off. And um, I was like, you know, that sounds like a great uh, great way to build a nice portfolio, and then when they're all paid off in retirement, you've got a nice little income, and uh, um, it sounds great. That said. Uh, now that I've been a property manager and, and dealt with some of the uh, the tenant issues that I have um, and the challenges and the difficulties, um, if I did invest, it would certainly be have to be in a in probably a north end <laughs> nice area, um, or I've even thought about uh, commercial uh, commercial investment. Uh, seems I I don't have any experience with that, but uh, from some of my friends that do, it's it sounds like a, a wise move. Um, the tenants in a commercial investment, obviously have a stake in keeping the place nice because uh, it's their storefront, right? They want it to look nice because uh, it also affects them. So um, something I've definitely considered is uh, is commercial investment. That's funny you mentioned about the North End because if, uh, if you happen to listen to any of these podcasts, because like I mentioned before, Jay, myself, and, and Erica, we, we invest in St. Catharines as well as bringing our clients there. And one of the things we typically tell them is north end everything north of the highway relatively is good that's yeah. and just for some context too i'm from st Catharines as well so i've grown up in the north end of st Catharines as well and and I, for me that's i there's no other place i think i'd want to invest in for the most part i mean obviously the the prices are going up and the city's changing a great deal from when i was in high school but um as a city councillor um, do you see investors of all kinds coming into the city? Like, what what do you think the the draw is for them coming into St. Catharines? Well, so um, in the north end, you did mention that uh, you know property ta- uh, property values are going up, uh, but still relative to most surrounding areas, they're still quite good value. Uh, you still get uh, quite good uh, properties for for the money you pay. And in the downtown, though, if you're counting on our downtown uh, revitalization efforts, which is something that um, I believe is happening and will happen, um, there are good opportunities downtown to um, invest if you if you don't mind waiting a little bit to see a return on your investment. Um, you know, something that 
the Queenston uh, Church area obviously is uh, it has its challenges right now. Um, but in a few years, you know, we've uh, as a city we've just finished repaving Queenston uh, Queenston Street. We're trying to beautify the area a little bit. Um, we've worked on um, bringing the neighborhood together with with some of the there's a Queenston Neighbors Association and they're trying to clean things up. Our investments in Centennial uh, Gardens. So hopefully in the future. Uh, with those investments that we've made as a city, we'll be able to see some attraction into that area. Um, downtown proper, we've seen some uh, potential investments coming in uh, right across from the Performing Arts Centre behind the old Leonard Hotel where uh, we've approved planning for a 19-storey building. It's going to be a, a condo building there. So um, that's a fairly major investment in our downtown. Um, and that's drawing people in, again, because of the low uh, property values still there um, relative to the GTA or, or further abroad. Um, so, yeah, I think that the, the low property values, relatively speaking, is a, is a good uh, investment uh, draw to people. And it also, the fact that we're on an upswing, we really are, um, as far as revitalizing our city and revitalizing our downtown with things like the Performing Arts Center and the uh, Meridian Center downtown. So, I think those are some of our big draws as a city. Um, of course, you can experience all of those with, with investing in the North End. And if you want a safe, uh, good investment, I happen to agree with you guys, uh, north of the highway, North End. That's not just happened to be where I grew up or where I represent, but uh, it is just a good place to invest. And it's in the ward too, right? <laughs> it is in the ward, yes. I, uh, my area is mostly north, north End, so yes. Um, no, I agree with you completely, right? And I think the other thing that we're starting to see with uh, with more and more investors coming to St. Catharines, whether it be residential or commercial, um, you know, we're seeing this interesting trend of these, um, you know, multinational companies moving operations out of Toronto and into areas like Hamilton, right? And then thus pushing people further and further down. So and then you're seeing these you know, um, head offices that are based in Hamilton now looking at somewhere else to relocate, right, as the rents are being pushed up in, in areas. And they're looking at areas like, you know, St. Catharines, right? So I think we're starting to see that as the as the downtown revitalizes. And I think, uh, um, you know, Erica, Brian, and I have seen so much uh, growth in terms of kind of the city and, and more and more people coming to invest there. It's, it's really, you know, fascinating. And I think, uh, you know, 2017 was a really remarkable year for a lot of people in real estate with, uh, you know, I think the, let's call it what it was, the pandemonium of uh, essentially you couldn't buy a house fast enough, right? And I think uh, it was uh, it was a challenge for, you know, many people to figure out kind of really how to address it. Um, so I want to switch gears for a bit because Brian mentioned this from the outset just with regards to kind of um, a big issue that, uh, that the city was uh, looking at uh, over the last I don't know, I guess uh, probably, what, almost a year, I guess the city was looking at it. And that's the issue of licensing of rentals. Um, and it was an incredibly hot topic for a lot of people, both uh, um, both landlords, tenants, um, you know, and, and citizens in the area, just with regards to concerns about safety, affordability, um, and all those different things. Mike, tell us a little bit about your role, um, as well as your motivation on the issue. So um, as far as the rental uh, housing licensing bylaw, uh, it came to a head, I think it was last, I want to say it was last uh, November, when it was first brought up by the mayor, um, because of, frankly, the issues we were dealing with student housing in particular. 
uh, issues of property standards not being followed, um, people, uh, things of garbage, uh, you know, people just not maintaining their properties as they should. Um, so because of past attempts at dealing with student housing that have been tried all the way to the Supreme Court, which has put a kibosh on just targeting one sort of housing, student housing, they said that it's a human rights, um, human rights problem. Uh, so you can't do that. We looked at doing a rental housing licensing bylaw. We started to, to look at it. Um, for a number of cities had tried and it had been uh, shut down in the past. Uh, but I believe it was, I want to say it was Oshawa and Whitby that uh, first got it through and it made us uh, want to look at it. So that was the start of St. Catherine's uh, attempt at the rental housing licensing bylaw. At that point, I hadn't uh, looked much into the issue. I hadn't heard much about it. I was new to this. Um, new to this. Uh, but this is when we started getting the feedback. Um, it was in March of last year, or sorry, March of this year, where we had a public meeting and we saw landlords and tenants and community agencies come out and grow. Uh, there was a public meeting with over 300, 400 people at it, uh, and they were all, to the person that I talked to at least, angry um, with the idea of this coming down. And this was coming from, as I said, landlords for obvious reasons. The idea of, uh, we put forward a draft licensing bylaw. I'm just saying, here's what we're thinking. And we had based, based it on the, the Oshawa model. And uh, what was in it was, of course, a, a fee um, for the license, but also uh, the, the need to have a fire plan, to have a parking plan, to have all this other paperwork and red tape um, coming in and, and the landlord said we can't we already have small profit margins we uh, can't take that extra uh, fee and also all the extra work there's a number of I guess we call them amateur um, landlords who they don't have the time they don't have the capacity uh, they don't have a, a property manager to look after that they do it all themselves and so uh, that was that was what we heard that was the feedback from that public meeting um, now, I was at, after that public meeting, staff were supposed to take the comments and put them in a report and bring it back to council with a recommendation. And I think staff would be crazy to, uh, to put a report that was pro uh, rental housing licensing bylaw after all the, the comments. So at first I was thinking, okay, let's just, let's just leave it be. Um, when the report comes back, we'll shut it down and that'll be the end of that. But then I started meeting, uh, getting reached out to by investors um, from real estate agents from a number of different uh, factions who have said that they are they are already with the concern of having this bylaw introduced. They've raised their rents, um, you know, preemptively, or they've decided not to invest in St. Catherine. They've decided to invest in Welland or Niagara Falls um, because they have similar. Uh, profiles, and yet they don't have the threat of this rental housing bylaw. And so with that news that we're already try- starting to see the, the negative effects of a bylaw, even before it was passed, I decided to move a motion that just said, stop all work. Let's reassure the public that we are not going forward with this, and uh, let's make it uh, a safe community to to invest in. And that's, uh, that's kind of how St. Catherine's uh, got into the, this and uh, also how we got out of this. <laughs> yeah, um, what repercussions <laughs> do you think uh, would have come down for landlords 
and or tenants if this bylaw came to fruition? Well, for landlords, the uh, the outcomes were, were clear. Um, the fact is it would cost money um, right off the top. I think we were, the proposed license, I, I'm pretty sure was $500 uh, every two years, if I'm not mistaken, in the draft uh, licensing bylaw. Um, the, uh, so obviously there's the cost to that. There was also a lot of extra paperwork um, involved as I talked about the, uh, the fire plan, the parking plan. Um, there's a number of other things that uh, would have would have had to have been done by landlords, so that was a big issue. Um, the what else? Uh, so from la- from a landlord's perspective, it was just a lot of extra work that was going to be uh, that was going to be hurting them or creating more uh, red tape. So that was number one. Um, from a tenant perspective, uh, obviously those extra costs are going to be passed on to them. It means that uh, they're going to have above uh, rent guidelines increases. Uh, we saw in London that uh, that they, when they did a rental license bylaw, that uh, they were able to overturn um, the the maximum increase and actually get a six percent increase in the rent um, in one year. Wow. So that's a big jump. Uh, you know, like that that's a, another thing that we'd see for for rent, and that was year over year up in London. So we've seen that happen. It's precedent, um, and that's obviously really tough because when more money goes to rent, uh, we also see things like food banks also overtax. Um, if, if well, there's less money or there's more money going to rent, that's less money for food going around. So this hurts affordable, uh, affordable housing and it hurts, um, community services. So, uh, we heard in that public meeting that I referred to, um, we heard from landlords, the negative interact, uh, implications we heard from tenants and we even heard from community service that this was not going to be uh, good for anyone interesting that's kind of a ripple effect i wouldn't have even thought as far as the the community services that's crazy but yeah it's uh it's good that it was brought to light um mike do you think it's just a matter of time before this um this kind of bylaw this licensing rears its ugly head again or is this kind of put to rest for the time being well, so I think that with the the amount of people that came out against this, um, that there is definitely a strong mandate to stop it. Um, there was a petition that circulated in St. Catharines, which got over 1,500 uh, signatures um, against the rental housing bylaw. It was something that I brought to council um, to show council the kind of uh, the pushback that they were um, feeling. And you could see there was also a place for comments on this petition, and it was from landlords, it was from tenants, it was from um, the community agencies. It was it was um, a good mix of people um, that were were opposed to it. Now, the nice thing about this in St. Catharines, though, is we are looking at alternatives. Um, the, I go back to the original reason why we looked into this, um, which was issues with student housing, and actually not just student housing, but um, properties that had issues with property standards. Um, so something I've been advocating for since start of my term on council is better bylaw enforcement. Um, I'll say it in St. Catharines, we have terrible uh, bylaw enforcement system. It's a reactive system. So it's about neighbors. You have to complain on your neighbor and then we send a bylaw throughout. Whereas a number of other cities have proactive models where we actually have people trying to keep our property standards up to, up to snuff. So 
that is something that Hamilton, when they looked at a rental housing licensing bylaw, they decided against it and alternatively to go with uh, proactive bylaw enforcement. And so the mayor has actually, uh, the mayor of St. Catharines has struck a, a mayor's task force to look into alternatives uh, to a rental housing licensing bylaw that still deal with those issues. So my hope is that that task force will find alternatives uh, before this is brought back to council. And if we find those solutions, if we find those alternatives, then there would be no need for a license because we've already solved the problem, which it was trying to address. So uh, you're right that it could come back, but I'm hopeful that it won't. Okay. Um, so what can we expect to see in the city of St. Catharines in the next five years or the next 10 years? Well, um, lots of things in our downtown. We already talked about some of the revitalization efforts. Um, I'm excited that 19-story building that's going into the downtown, I think we'll see lots more uh, intensification. Uh, St. Catharines has hit our urban boundaries on almost all of its borders from uh, from the canal on the east, uh, Lake Ontario to the north, and the green belt on the other side. The only way to build now is up. And uh, I'm excited to see that intensification, particularly in our downtown, um, as we see more density there. Uh, that'll be uh, that'll be correlated, of course, with the improvement of our arts, with the First Ontario Performing Arts Centre, uh, with bigger and better shows at the the Meridian Centre. You know, we've had some amazing acts already, like Elton John, um, and I think we're just going to see that's just the beginning. We're going to see lots. Um, so though that's where I see uh, St. Catharines and and more broadly Niagara going is intensification, um, and also hopefully. Um, as I said, more density in our downtown cool. from a real estate perspective, please. Right, right. And what, uh, what's happening down in Port Delusia? I've seen a couple things uh, advertised with the Lincoln Fabrics building and some stuff happening down there too, right? Uh, Port Delusia is, is a bit of a, a mixed bag, but mostly positive right now. Um, in the last month, actually, council has approved both the the old Lincoln Fabrics, which is a uh, over 100-year-old um, building, an old uh, Lincoln uh, Fabrics building, has been repurposed into condos. Um, we just approved that, I believe, two weeks ago for uh, a big development there. So that's going to bring, as that intensification, more people into that Port Delusie downtown core, if you will. Um, we also improved what we've called the, the Rankin Project, and that's because it's being built by the developer Tom Rankin. Uh, the old uh, Port Delusie Legion, which is there right now, is going to be uh, torn down and replaced with, again, another uh, condo building there. And it's just a beautiful building. Um, it really it has the brick so that it matches kind of the old style of the area, but it also has a lot of glass. So it's it's modernized. It's really um, it's really a, a beautiful it's going to be an addition, a beautiful addition to to Port Delusie. Um, they're also, just for anyone worried about the Legion, they're going to be giving a floor of that building to the Legion to continue on their activities right there in Port Delusie. So that's, uh, that's a, a wonderful development that's going on um, by a local uh, developer, Tom Rankin. Awesome. Um, something that doesn't get as much talked about is uh, the beaches development, which, as the name uh, says, is right on the beach. Um, that one is already under construction. It's uh, almost near completion, actually. And just last council, we approved it um, for uh, for condos. So changing it over from an apartment style uh, to a condo tenureship. So um, yeah, lots going on in Port. That that uh, influx of people 
will create more people in the downtown, will hopefully bring back the business, and will really help to revitalize uh, Port Dalhousie as a whole. So exciting news out of Port. Very cool. Awesome. Glad to hear that, actually. So, Mike, let's uh, switch gears a little bit. I know uh, uh, over the last year there's been a lot of uh, talk and a lot of excitement with regards to uh, Go Transit and uh, the Go Train coming out to uh, to St. Catharines. Um, how do you think this will um, make a difference to the city, and how do you think it'll benefit the city kind of moving forward? <laughs> well, uh, first off, it's it's about our population. Um, I've made a, a joke, and and if you're uh, from St. Catharines as well, you'll you'll probably uh, realize this, but since I've been born and I'm and I'm 27 years old, um, I don't think the population sign has changed on St. Catharines. No, it we've hasn't. Uh, we, every time I come home, it stays at about 130, 133. I think it was uh, 133,000, and we really haven't seen uh, that incredible of, of growth in the area. Um, places like Grimsby are experiencing massive growth. Uh, places like Waynefleet and and to the the west of us, we're seeing huge growth, but it really hasn't reached St. Catharines. So. I think the GO train is going to change that. That's going to be the biggest um, the biggest benefit from uh, from uh, the GO train coming. Uh, from uh, some of the, like a landscape issue, obviously our GO station is close to our downtown, but not right in our downtown. So that's really going to change the streetscape and the the development of that area where the GO train uh, or the station is, which is by the uh, the Burgoyne Bridge area and uh, also the Ridley College area. So that's the older part of our city, and we're going to somehow have to figure out how to intensify that area without upsetting too many neighbors who have been there for, for generations and generations because we do get that in the old parts of the city. So um, we're going to see massive uh, density in and around the GO, cha- uh, go station area. Um, we've already completed a GO secondary plan or a, a secondary plan for that area of the city, and uh, again, we've, we've labeled a lot of it from a planning uh, point of view in uh, R3s and uh, or intense residential uh, zoning regulations. So we're going to see, I think, a, a big influx of people and a big influx of density in that area. Is there any other big hopes, dreams, aspirations that you and uh, perhaps your team have for the city of St. Catharines? Uh, well, I think uh, St. Catharines is the only um, growth hub uh, identified by the province in the whole Niagara region. Um, and I think we really need to live up to that as a St. Catharines, as a city. Um, you know, we, we still have that small time kind of feel. Uh, you know, if you if you grew up here, you kind of know everyone. And I feel like my mom went to high school with everyone her age. She knows absolutely everyone that age. And um that's that's wonderful and i love that that style but we have to realize we are in fact a city and because of that we need to create jobs we need to make sure that uh we're working with our post-secondary institutions like brock and niagara college and and we need to create those high paying uh, high tech um you know even the tech sector jobs uh intensify our core and make sure that um we are that growth hub we are that economic economic hub of the region and I think that um, that's one of my hopes for St. Catharines is that we really live in that reality and uh, we become that that center uh, for the region. You know, uh, each each municipality, all 12 municipalities have their own have their own uh, uh, flavor. Of course, uh, Niagara on the Lake is uh, has that kind of uh, small town, uh, old uh, Niagara on the Lake 
feel uh, the tourism in Niagara Falls. Like I could go on, but St. Catharines is our growth hub and it's our economic hub. And, and that's, uh, I really think we need to, to live in that. Awesome. So Mike, uh, you know, I mean, one of the things you said from the outset is uh, that when you were elected four years ago, you were um, one of the youngest, if not the youngest uh, city councillor to be elected in St. Catharines. What's one of the biggest challenges that you've had to overcome kind of, um, you know, in your first term on council um, in terms of your new role? Well, yeah, so my, my youth was one of the reasons that I ran, uh, as you alluded to in, in my biography, that it was uh, trying to give a voice to the young people. And, and when I when I decided to run, one of the reasons was because my generation, um, I had noticed, had, had left the city. They had gone out west for jobs. They had gone to Toronto. They had gone to the States. Um, most of my closest friends growing up here in St. Catharines had left. And it was not it was not just anecdotal for me, but um, the evidence showed that a number of youth were, were leaving the city. And it was something that I was actually considering uh, doing myself before I decided to run. And, and uh, I decided to run to make a difference so that people didn't have to leave, so that we could stay and we could um, make a life here in uh, in St. Catharines. And, and one of the toughest parts, uh, you did ask me about the challenges, is uh, the city doesn't control everything, right? We're uh, one tier of a four-tier government. Uh, we have the city, the region, the province, the, the federal government. And uh, the the idea of youth retention and bring people in, it's, uh, it's a multi-governmental, it needs to be a multi-governmental approach. So uh, working with the different levels of government, that's, uh, that can be a struggle at times, uh, making sure that we're all on the same page and we're focused on the same priorities. Um, and, uh, and so that's a, that's a big struggle as a young person trying to help young people, uh, is that uh, you can't always do, do everything. You only have uh, a limited capacity in that sense. So um, from a youth perspective, that's tough. Uh, some people have asked me about, you know, how is it being a young person on council? Because I am 10 years younger than, uh, than the next, uh, next youngest person on council. And uh, the person I sit beside at council actually has, has been on council for 41 years. They've been on council longer than I've been alive. So that's um, that, that's, uh, it's a little interesting of a dynamic. But I do have to say, for the most part, it's, um, that has not caused me a problem. Uh, they, they have kind of accepted me as a, as a peer, as a colleague. So I haven't had too much, uh, you know, pushback on that sense you know every once in a while i get a maybe a snide comment from <laughs> from uh the mayor's seat or something like that but i don't know if that has to do with my youth it's uh yeah, maybe just difference of opinion from time to time <laughs> that's awesome but uh yeah so overall it uh it, there's been some challenges um but not too much just because of my youth excellent so um we have a segment in our podcast that we call the fire round it's something we typically ask all our uh, guests that we have on the show, and um, more often than, they're, than not, they're real estate related. So we'll kind of cater these a little bit towards your profession, but also tap into the real estate side of things, if that's cool with you. Yeah, for sure. Awesome. So, And now are these supposed to be quick? quick answers or uh, as quick I as you want fire. really it's your show oh, okay. you're a politician mike yeah. you can be as long as you want <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> i didn't know if it was the fire round so uh, if it was like you know quick won't answer questions you set uh, no, i'm happy you to set talk. the pace you set the pace <laughs> all right mike okay. uh where do you see yourself in the next 12 months 
Uh, well, this one's easy, actually. Uh, hopefully, it's sitting around Niagara Regional Council. Um, so I am a city councillor now, but we have an election coming up uh, in the fall on October 22nd, and, and I'm decided to move up uh, to run for, for Niagara Regional Council. So um, that's where I, I hope I'm sitting in the council chambers 12 months from now. <laughs> that's a good goal. I wish you the best of luck. Where do you well, see the St. Catharines market in the next 12 months? Uh, well, uh, I've heard that, you know, it's, it's uh, peaking in some places, it's kind of uh, leveling off in others. But I'd like to say that, uh, as we talked about, at maybe at the end of that 12-month period, that the downtown uh, market will start uh, start climbing, as I alluded to. It might take a bit longer than 12 months, but I'm hopeful that the, the downtown is going to see um, that market go up. Okay, Mike. Um, who do you learn from? Ooh, that's a that's an interesting one. Uh, I guess it depends in what capacity. I try and learn from from everyone. You know, I'm I'm learning every day, talking with uh, my residents, uh, talking with uh, other politicians. Uh, I the amazing thing about this job is it's got so many different facets, and uh, there's so much learning to it. One day you're dealing with um, someone has an issue with their curb, and the next day you're uh, <laughs> you're dealing with a $110 million budget. So um, on a day-to-day basis, I'm, I'm trying to learn from, uh, I'm one of those nerds reading Municipal World magazines or uh, listening to podcasts or um, all over the place. So I have to say uh, I learn every day really from my residents uh, what their concerns are. And um, really staff are a great resource at the city. Um, so I, I definitely do a lot of on-the-job training there. All right, you may have already answered this one because I think you've outed yourself as a uh, municipal world reader. But uh, what what books are you currently reading? And if you're not a reader, which uh, podcasts are you currently listening to? Um, yeah, well, like, uh, the municipal world, I kind of more skim through for cool ideas and bring them to council. So I won't I won't cop out with that as my answer. Um, right now, I'm actually reading uh, uh, Jordan Peterson's new book, uh, Twelve Rules for Life. I have that um, beside me, and I, I often listen to his podcast as well. So that's um, that deals more with like philosophy and psychology. So it's way off base from from politics or uh, real estate. But uh, <laughs> you asked, and I told. That's what I'm currently reading. We're just looking for honesty. That's all right, uh, Mike. If you could do one thing differently in the last year, what do you think that would have been? Hmm. Differently. Well, from a, from a political perspective, um, something that I always have enjoyed doing the last uh, few years on council is uh, I go out and I knock on doors um, not in an election year. You know, people are so surprised to say, you know, hey, an election isn't going on. Why are you at my door? Usually you're just coming for a vote. And um, I've tried to make it a habit each year to to go out and then just talk with uh, the community as much as possible. And and uh, this year in 2018, I, I haven't had a chance to do that until, of course, the election now. I've been out knocking. So um, I wish I would have been out more, I guess, knocking on doors a little bit just throughout the, the, the term um, on a how are things going uh, basis with my residents. I think you're doing okay. For those that didn't hear the chat just before the podcast kicked off, Mike told us about putting signs out from midnight to 6 a.m. on the first night that you could put signs out. So I think you're doing your part, Mike. I think you're doing okay. I'm trying. Um, I'll tell you this. 
I'll tell you this story too, Mike, just before we kind of get it to the last question is, uh, you know, just on that one is that uh, my brother-in-law actually called you and asked you to uh, put a couple lawn signs up and uh, he was going to bed. I guess it was like 10 o'clock at night and he heard someone in his front yard and he looked out the window and there, there you were at 10 o'clock at night in pitch black putting up signs. So, I mean, that's just like, that's a testament to your hard work. So, I mean, uh, the fact that you were there within a couple hours is, uh, was good. Commitment. Yeah, well, thank. I appreciate that. I try and I try and stay on top of things. Beautiful, uh, Mike. Are there any words of encouragement or mottos you live by or would like to share with us? Um, ooh, I know that one. one. Gotta, that one's a tough one, eh? Yeah, I know. Um, I've always uh, appreciated the. Uh, I believe it's an Aristotle line. Uh, you are what you repeatedly do. Um, excellence then is is not a virtue but a habit. Um, that's always a, a nice one for me. Or if you want to go more uh, uh, Hollywood, more cinematized, but still uh, that ancient style is... Uh, I've always liked... Have you seen the movie Gladiator? Um, yes. With uh, Maximus Decimus Meridius, where he, he always says, uh, what you do in life echoes through eternity. And so that's always spoken to me just about um, living every day to its maximum, doing as much as you can uh, for the community, for your fellow man, um, because that will outlive you in every sense of the word. You know, um, uh, you may be gone, but uh, what you do in life uh, echoes through, through eternity. So those are kind of my two favorite, I'd say. Well, thank you for those. That's awesome. So that pretty much concludes everything we wanted to get out of you. Um, <laughs> but more importantly there's a, a, a special date coming up very soon would you like to share some information related to that sure i'd love to so that uh, special date uh, i take it is not my birthday which is october 19th but um it's actually the municipal election uh, for st catherine is coming up on october 22nd um that is the day you can get out and vote for um uh, the mayor of St. Catharines, you can vote for city council, and you can vote for regional council. That's what uh, that's what I'm running for. Um, so I encourage everyone, uh, learn about your candidate, um, learn about what they stand for, and uh, make sure you get out and vote on uh, October 22nd. And if you're a real uh, go-getter, if you're in, uh, uh, eager to vote, you can actually vote early at City Hall starting on October 1st. Uh, every day from October 1st to uh, October 22nd, City Hall is open uh, for you to vote in the advanced polls. So um, I hope uh, everyone listening uh, heeds that and, uh, and gets out there and votes. Awesome. Couldn't have said it better myself. So, <laughs> so Mike, on behalf of uh, myself, Jay, and Erica, um, we'd really like to thank you for making the time. I know this is a really busy time of year for you, so thank you very much for making the time to speak with us and uh, sharing your perspective on kind of what we do here in the Real Estate Investors Lounge. And with all sincerity, I wish you the best of luck. I think you'll uh, make a great uh, representative for the city of St. Catharines. And uh, let's see more of those teal signs out there. <laughs> well, thanks. Uh, thanks so much. I really appreciate uh, being on. And if anyone wants a teal sign who's listening, uh, I'm on all the regular channels, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. Um, my email, it's just, uh, I've got a website. It's pretty simple, mikebritton.ca. Um, you can order a sign there. Uh, I always say the more the better. Let's uh, paint this town teal. Perfect. We'll put all your contact information in the show notes so if anybody wants to reach out to you. Sound good? Great. Awesome. Thanks so much. Thanks again, Mike. Great. Thanks, Mike. Have a great night.
All right. Happy. Take care. You too. Good night. Bye-bye.